welcome to A Rumor of Empathy with your host, Lou Augusta. Lou is one of the premier empathy consultants in the community today. In this program, Lou and his guest experts will help you understand and expand your empathy. In doing so, you may discover a side of yourself that you never even knew existed. Now, here is Lou Augusta. Well, thank you and welcome to the show. This is Lou Augusta live and in person. And today, we're going to do something amazing and engaging. Robots want to know how you feel. The commitment of the show is that empathy can be less of a rumor and more of an expanded reality in the community, and that's all about emotions. So I was reading the Wall Street Journal last January 28th, 2015, a headline, Technology That Unmasks Your Hidden Emotions. Seems to me to be about what I would call a rumor of empathy. Now, that's my turn of phrase, and not necessarily anyone else's. So I called up the companies that are mentioned in that Wall Street Journal article, technology startups, technology early stage companies, technologies innovating and making a difference. You know how it used to be that uh, there were a number of things that computer systems would never, ever, ever, ever do. They would never beat human beings in chess. It happened. They would never uh, be able to understand or engage in a seemingly intelligent way human emotions. That seems, they, that seems to be the one that's up next. Now, they, by the way, they also understood human language processing, which was supposed to be impossible as the IBM system beat the contenders in Jeopardy, the game of Jeopardy. But anyway, in this case, it's automated understanding of the emotions. And uh, the company, I called a number of companies, the one that actually picked up the phone and answered my call were the colleagues at Affectiva. That's the name, affectiva.com, one word. Uh, And today I have as my guest, my special guest on the show, I am really delighted and honored, Daniel McDuff, principal scientist at Affectiva. I'm going to give him uh, the intro that he deserves. Daniel received his PhD from the MIT Media Lab while he was already working at in the Affective Computing Group. So that's not Affectiva, that's the Affective Computing Group at MIT. He got his bachelor's degree with first-class honors and a master's engineering in engineering from the University of Cambridge. Prior to joining the Media Lab, he worked for the Defense Science and Technology Laboratory in the United Kingdom, in the UK. He's interested and engaged by computer vision, wearable sensors, machine learning, enabling automated recognition of affect, which is what we're going to be talking about today. He's engaged by technologies and man-machine, human-machine interfaces for remote measurement of physiology. And his work received an award from Popular Science magazine as one of the top inventions in 2011. So join me in welcoming Daniel McDuff. Welcome to the show, Daniel. Hi, Lee. It's great to be here. How are you doing today? I, uh, I'm good, thanks. Um, as, I, as, as you mentioned in your introduction, I'm a, a computer scientist and engineer by, by training. 
but uh, my experience is at the, the MIT Media Lab, and uh, now Affectiva really are um, looking at how we can apply some of the latest in AI technology to uh, to human-facing problems, to, uh, to, to, to problems which look at the interaction between people and technology. Yeah, well, I mean, let's get right into it. Uh, one question which I and our listeners might have, let's get a little more background on Affectiva. How did it come into existence? What is it? What is the product? What is the service? What's what's you're in in the vicinity of Boston right now? What's going on out there? So Affectiva was born out of the Effective Computing Group at MIT. Uh, in the Media Lab, we we focus on the development of technology and and how that impacts um, society, how it impacts people. And the the Affective Computing Group is really interested in how we can build technology that enables the measurement of emotions and also enables new interactions, how a technology can change and adapt based on the emotions of the user. And and my advisor, Professor Rosalind Picard and uh, Dr. Rana El-Kaliubi have spun out Affectiva uh, back in 2009 as a way of uh, really scaling the technology that was being developed to the Media Lab. Uh, in in academia, you have the ability to tackle really interesting and innovative ideas, uh, but it's really only when you can uh, bring those out into uh, the the sphere of business that they can be scaled in a way uh, that is uh, beyond what can be done in academia. And so this this idea of deployment and scale, scaling of technology is really something that is a, a focus uh, now of of the Media Lab and, and the technologies that are coming out. And amazing and engaging. I mean, I can think of two questions right off the bat. I want to hear more about the product, but let me be just a tad skeptical. I'm gonna. I mean, I I, I am gonna pretend to be skeptical in the way I may or may not be. What is this business of understanding, automating, using software and hardware and man machine human machine interfaces what is this business of understanding the emotions say more about what's going on here can you absolutely so emotions uh, as many of the listeners will will understand can be very complex and they are manifest in different ways whether it's through um, how we we behave uh, our physiology the way we speak there are many different signals which encode our emotional state and studying that and really understanding that is uh, one big challenge because it's so diverse and can be uh, communicated in different ways. But also many people recognize that computers as they are now don't really understand people in a, in a way that, that people understand people. And one of the main things that they're missing is this understanding of the emotion uh, and the affect of the user. And so by building technology to measure, to quantitatively measure how someone's feeling, whether it's by measuring their physiology through wearable sensors or measuring their facial expressions through video, we can get a picture of how they feel. And the computer can use that information and adapt. And I believe that human-computer interfaces, the way that we interact with our cell phone, our tablet, our computer, robots, uh, all sorts of technology will be changed by uh, having this uh, real 
human component, which is the understanding of emotion. Well, you use at least two key phrases here, facial experience or facial expression, and I want to return to that. And another question which is on the table, due diligence, I you know, this is not a quiz, and we may need to define our terms here in terms of emotion. So can I, I mean, I'm, I'm going to feel free to jump in, but can I put the ball in your court and exercise my empathy and uh, throttle back and listen? Uh, tell me about how the software works with facial expressions, and I suppose I would say, as best you can, connect the dots between the facial expressions and the experience, the human, we're talking about the human experience of emotion. That's a great, yeah, that's a great question. So one of the main ways that people communicate emotions, and, and we have to bear in mind that emotions are very social. Uh, so we we have partly um you know, developed uh, uh, to express and to communicate our emotions to other people as a way of uh, building relationships, as a way of understanding each other. Uh, and uh, we may come back to this later, but that really uh, stems right back from the work of Charles Darwin. Yes, yes. And the facial expressions encode many different types of emotional states that people will recognize that when, when someone they're talking to smiles, uh, that will, you know, influence how, how they feel. It, it will influence, uh, you know, generally a positive emotion. Yeah. But, but you can have um, expressions of fear, of disgust, anger, and they all have significant purposes in the way that we communicate with each other. So the, facial, the face is a, is a rich source of emotional information. I mean, Roger that, right? And so let's talk a little bit more more about that. So that is what is getting automated in the Affectiva Afdex system. There is the human face, which is an emotional hotspot. And you made reference to their Charles Darwin. We pause for a moment of respect here. One of the big names in science, 1859, Origin of Species, but just as important, 1871, Darwin wrote a book, The Expression of Emotions in Man and Animals, and a man named Paul Ekman, a modern guy, you can hear, I'm going to give a shout out to, to Professor Ekman at this point, you, and urge that the listeners check out his conversation with the colleagues at Stanford University. So if you if you Google Ekman conversations with history, you will hit a 50-minute conversation. It was really just fascinating stuff. And this is I'm I'm kind of giving you a leading question here Daniel, but you know, please forgive me and run with feel free to run with the ball in any appropriate direction. How does this work play into what all is getting automated in Affectiva? So Ch Charles Darwin really was the first to argue that facial expressions really communicated consistent information about people's emotion. Up, up until that point, many people viewed facial expressions as just being random, irrational information that was, was not informative uh, and was not consistent. And Darwin uh, was the first to propose this idea that across cultures, People would express emotions in similar ways, and that that is something that's come out of the way that we've evolved. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. 
and, and that was a, a very provocative idea. But actually, it wasn't until the 1960s and 1970s that researchers actually picked up on this idea and started to, to really develop it and, and understand it. There was a big gap uh, between Darwin's work and, and, and much of the, the research which uh, we, we are building on today. So Paul Ekman and, and Wallace Friesian uh, developed what the, one of the, the first and what is now the most widely used uh, way of coding facial behavior, the way of describing it. It's, it's a, essentially a dictionary of facial actions hmm. that we can use to describe facial expressions. And that was hugely important because now we have a a, 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 a quantitative and objective measure of facial behavior. So we can code facial expressions and really study when different behaviors occur and what they mean. And at Affectiva, what we're doing is training computers to do exactly that. We're training computers to recognize these facial muscle movements so that we no longer have to require humans to laboriously code, uh, watch videos and write down what facial expressions are being made, the computers can actually do it very, very accurately now. Totally amazing. And so, I mean, there's one, you know, in our conversation offline, there's one thing I want to be sure to to call out uh, because I would have regarded the information on my face, whether I'm happy, sad, angry, or afraid, as private data. You mean to tell me that the expression on my face is no longer private data as I'm walking down the aisles at a retail store or in the airport? What's going on here with privacy? And more to the point, I know you wanted to say something about the integrity and the approach at Affectiva about issues and privacy. You could at least start that now. Absolutely, yeah. This is a very important point to uh, both myself and to Affectiva as a company. We we are... um, committed to making this technology opt-in so that people can choose when they are measured and when they're not measured. We never want to uh, measure people's responses without them knowing. Uh, This isn't uh, something we're using to uh, try to get information that people aren't willing to share. But actually, we believe that technology uh, can benefit uh, the users and the people that are being measured. And actually, often people want to communicate emotional information, but have difficulty verbalizing exactly how they feel and don't want to tell you how they feel at every moment. You know, as humans, we learn to recognize facial expressions and, and use that information. And that's how social interactions become so fluid. And so it's really important to us here that no one is on camera um, and no one's data is, is recorded unless they choose to opt in. Uh, that's a, it's a, a really key point. And I think it, it, it will come, we'll come back to this when we talk about some of the applications of the technology. We're not interested in, in really using this technology for, we're not interested in using it for nefarious purposes or, or to, to understand uh, people's emotions when they, they want to be private. What we want yes. to do is to yes. improve people's interactions with technology and with other people by by using uh, the ability that that we have, which is quite amazing that that the computers can understand how someone feels based on their facial expression. 
Well, this is a, a significant point and maybe even indeed a huge point. And as you say, we want to talk about the applications of the Affectiva software technology and also the technology in general. Once again, technology can be a double-edged sword, so to speak. There can, it like everything else from nuclear power, hey, you know, 50 years ago, it seemed like a good idea to somebody. And now we're living with some of the less positive, uh, you know, bad, I think the word that comes to mind, consequences. Often technology does have unintended consequences. And that's why it's appropriate to put it on an internet talk radio show. Now, uh, I, I just kind of put that out there into the space because we're going to continue to uh, engage with uh, applications that are relevant to Affectiva and applications that may exist in which Affectiva has no interest in part. So let's at least get that conversation started. I may have to interrupt you because we're going to go and have a sponsorship break under the theory, no money, no mission in about a minute and a half. But at least get started telling me about the applications, if you would, that Affectiva brings to market. Absolutely. So, it, you know, to, to come off the back of your point there, the, the MIT Media Lab, where this technology really um, uh, was birthed, is, is, is really interested in exploring how uh, technology plays a part in people's lives. And I believe that as a, a designer, an engineer, um, and someone who's, who's developing this technology, it's, it's our responsibility to um, really design it ethically and, and, and in, in such a way that it benefits people. And so the the applications that we're most interested in um, in uh, applying uh, the technology to are, are those applications that help people in in education, uh, in medicine. Um, but in principally, at the moment, uh, we are, we are measuring people's responses, their emotional responses to uh, media content. Yes. Uh, to understand what types of of content are um, inspiring are amusing, and which types of content really turn people off or, or maybe even offend people. Okay, well, Daniel, on that, hold that thought. We're going to momentarily take a short sponsorship break, and then we're going to come back with my special guest, Daniel McDuff, Principal Scientist, Affectiva, Affectiva Software, and continue discussing the application's key terms, opt-in, and ethical applications done with integrity. So uh, a fascinating, engaging thing about what technology makes possible and where we want to go with it today and tomorrow in the future. This is the home of the top life coaches, entrepreneurs, and success drivers. The Voice America Empowerment Channel. Lou Augusta is one of the premier educators and empathy consultants in action in the community today. As the author of three books on empathy and a Ph.D. from the University of Chicago Philosophy Department on Empathy and Interpretation, 
Lou provides three services, Empathy Consulting and Education, in which he coaches individuals and organizations on how to expand the results they are getting in their life, business, or organization by expanding their empathy. Individual Psychotherapy Services, to help with recovery from trauma or other confronting personal issues, where Lou's commitment is to provide a gracious and generous listening as providing access to shifting out of resignation into engagement, action, and accomplishment, and delivering the empathy training seminar and workshop for groups where the participants get access to the deep infrastructure of empathy. For further details, see Lou on the web at louagusta.com. That is spelled L-O-U-A-G-O-S-T-A or phone 773-203-0269. Again, louagusta.com or phone 773-203-0269. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to facebook.com forward slash voice America or search for the keywords voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings of the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our wall. Just go to facebook.com forward slash voice America or search for voice America. Where can you listen to some of the world's top life coaches ready to share success tips and entrepreneurial guidance? The Voice America Empowerment Channel will do just that. Hear about personal growth, building a better business, inspirational life stories, and personal branding. You'll find it every day at voiceamericaempowerment.com. The Voice America Empowerment Channel. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com You are listening to A Rumor of Empathy. To reach Lou Augusta or his guest today, please call in to 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. You may also send an email to a rumor of empathy at gmail.com. Now, back to the program. Greetings and welcome back to the show. This is Lou Augusta in conversation with our special guest, Daniel McDuff, Principal Scientist, Affectiva Software. Robots want to know how you feel. That's a soundbite from the Affectiva Affdex newsletter, and uh, there is truth to it. So, Daniel, welcome back. We were talking about applications and what is Affectiva's strength in the market. I think it would be engaging and interesting for our listeners to hear more about the applications that Affectiva is bringing to market. And then, as you're able or inclined to tell us about the secret sauce that makes Affectiva work. Over to you, Daniel. Right. So, as with many technologies, there's kind of one uh, beachhead market that, that the technology is, is really developed and developed within. And for Affectiva, that's in the area of measuring people's responses to, to media content, understanding people's reactions to uh, TV shows, uh, to, to commercials, to movie trailers. And what we, we do is uh, we have a web-based platform where 
survey respondents, people around the world can opt in and allow their camera uh, to measure their facial responses and basically em- emote uh, their vote. So they can, they can show how they feel to something uh, by having their facial expressions analyzed. And Affectiva's real strength is in, in building facial expression analysis technology that can take these unconstrained webcam videos. So webcam videos where, you know, someone's uh, watching on the, on the go, they're watching from a mobile device. And the, the technology is powerful enough to be able to detect really subtle facial expressions in, in many different contexts. And so that's the, the real power of Affectiva's technology. And this is, this is built, this technology is built on what is the world's largest database of objective emotion measurements. So we have a, a huge, huge database of um, millions of, of videos, billions of different emotion measurements, which it allows a, our technology to really uh, make strides forward. And we're really excited about the new applications and the new areas that this technology uh, can can help people. Uh, as I mentioned before, we're, we're looking at ways that this technology can be used in education to understand uh, how teachers can be more effective or how students can uh, express how they feel, um, perhaps in distance learning contexts. Yeah. Or, or but this one, if I may interrupt you, Daniel, this one is worth digressing on. I do want to hear more about the advertising applications because there are some big ads of the Super Bowl. And I know in the UK, Christmas time is a big, big time for advertising, which is moving in the direction. But let's, if you would be so kind, uh, let's talk about some of these other applications in education and it made me, my association is to what you might call disorders or diseases of the emotions, diseases or disorders of empathy, such as autism or autism spectrum disorders, or in a more grim context, people who seem to not really get other people's emotions and engage in criminal behavior, a psychopathy. I mean, the parents, however, are struggling with uh, a, a, a polite, neutral word. I mean, everybody's socially awkward at some point in their life. I know. Speak, put it on the on the radio. You know, I was as a teenager, as a young boy uh, coming up, I was socially awkward even before social media. You know, I'm well compensated. I went out for theater and whatever, um, but. What what tell me about those applications if you can or what you know speculate Bob what's going on there? Yeah, I think there's a lot of evidence to suggest that technology like this could be very useful in in helping people. So uh, one instance is in in understanding depression, for instance. Uh, depression is something which many people might not be aware of, but it influences the facial expressions of the sufferer and. You, the uh, someone who's suffering from depression may may show suppressed facial behavior, and at the moment there's no real way to quantitatively monitor uh, the progress of someone who is uh, undergoing treatment. And so one way that facial coding could be useful is by providing a means to automatically and quantitatively measure how someone uh, is is um, uh, responding to to. To, to treatment or a program, 
Mm-hmm. And as you mentioned, there are, there are people um, who find it really difficult to understand facial expressions and social cues. And having software which could um, help uh, them learn and also help them practice social interactions could be really beneficial. Um, and there's been a lot of development back at the Media Lab uh, in, in work to um, build this technology into uh, interfaces to allow people to, to practice, for instance, job interviews. So my, my colleague at the Media Lab, Dr. Esan Hock, uh, built a system uh, to, for, for people to practice the social interaction uh, that is present in, in job interviews. And for people on the autism spectrum or um, uh, su- suffering from um, uh, conditions where it's difficult for them to understand facial expressions, that can be an invaluable tool. Well, and that makes me want to call out the matter of what Ekman described as a micro-expression. And, you know, once again, not to put you on the spot, but here you are on the spot. The the, the recording of this facial data is occurring at, uh, what, 15 frames a second, 30 frames a second? What is a micro-expression and how might it be significant in differentiating somebody who is just moderately under the weather from somebody who is dealing with some really confronting, difficult, even life-threatening emotional issues. Does that make any sense? I mean, what's a micro-expression and how does that work? In in my opinion, the the term micro-expressions is really uh, just a way of describing how in real life facial expressions can be very subtle and they can be very fleeting. So, you know, early day, in the early days of facial expression analysis, people were analyzing exaggerated, um, strong expressions of anger and of disgust uh, and of fear. And they often, you know, looked like at the kind of caricature of what you might imagine, the cartoon, if you, if you will, of yeah. that, that emotion. But in real life, what we see in the real world is that People's facial expressions can be extremely subtle, and they can be very fast, and they can they can change uh, quickly. And and what Ekman and, and others have, have have studied in in facial expressions and in, in micro facial expressions is how, in certain situations, these very fleeting and, and subtle facial behaviors can be indicative of different um, states. So uh, Ekman is is famous for um, inspiring uh, the TV show Lie to Me, in which this technology is, is applied in a, in a crime-fighting setting in order to detect whether uh, people are, are telling the truth or, or lying. But I believe that there are many, many applications of it, and it really almost every facial expression is, you know, in real life is, is subtle and is, is, is fleeting. And so we need to be able to detect even yeah. those, not just the exaggerated ones. Yeah, and, and for those of our listener audience who may be saying, what the heck are you talking about, Lou or Daniel? Micro-expression, probably the most, I want to give a call out to the most famous micro-expression in Western civilization. The, the 
fascinating smile of this painting by Leonardo da Vinci called the Mona Lisa, La Gioconda, right? What is it about this smile? Is there a hidden secret? This is, and if you're wondering, you know, this is radio, and if you are wondering what the heck is an example of a micro-expression, go to the Google and pull up a picture of the Mona Lisa. She's kind of happy, but maybe not so happy, but what's, so... I love love that you bring that that particular example up because uh, when we talk about facial expressions, even something that might seem as simple as a smile can be very varied. There can be, you can have smiles where someone is being polite. You can have smiles where someone is genuinely amused. You can have smiles when someone's trying to really push down a bad feeling and make themselves feel better. And and so even something, just one action can be really complicated and, and there can be different dynamics. They can Some smiles can be fast, some smiles can be slow, some smiles can be big, some smiles can be small. And that's, that's what's so uh, fascinating and so rich about facial behavior is that there's not only many different facial expressions, but the way they're expressed is, is really, um, really informative about the meaning. I mean, we could break out into song at this point. Smile, though your heart is breaking. <laughs> I forget, I'll have to look up the word. But also there is the sadistic smile of somebody who has one-upped the other and is kind of pushing them down emotionally. And that is a, you know, a, for want of a better term, a mean smile. And, and so this is, this is where the rubber meets the road with this technology. I, and, you know, I, I long to return. I mean, in ambiguous facial expressions also occur in advertising focus groups. We're going to come back to that. But how did you all, the team at Effectiva, you're uh, a scientist, a software engineer over there, how did you all automate this stuff? I mean... Say more about that. Can you, without revealing anything confidential, what's the secret sauce? Well, as the listeners can imagine, it's it's a very challenging problem to train a computer to recognize facial expressions because everybody's face is is different. They're different shapes. Um, they're different tones. Uh, people express themselves differently. So. Really what we need to do is collect really huge amounts of data, so lots and lots of examples of different people showing different facial expressions. And then we have algorithms which can essentially learn the the relationship between the pixel information from the images all the way through to this semantic emotion label uh, that that is of the emotion that's being expressed. So we use um, face detection and face tracking technology to identify where someone's face is within an image. And then we analyze the texture and the shape of the face. And then that information goes through this pattern recognition algorithm and gives us a a label uh, of the emotion. And this is trained. It it takes takes a long time to train this on, on huge amounts of data from, from tens of thousands of different people. And actually, this field of, of image analysis, of um, computer vision, has really made big strides forward in recent years. Many people might be familiar with uh, how you know, accurate Google image search is now. And, and you know, these systems yeah. can identify objects within images 
with high levels of accuracy by, by crunching large and large amounts of data. Amazing. And so th- th- sometimes the sum of the total is more than the individual parts. And I'm imagining, I don't know, there may be neural network technology, which is really not semantically transparent, but simulates some aspects of what the human nervous system does without actually being at that level. And then you add on to it what you describe as uh, big data, and somehow the pattern match is able to get going, and you produce something amazing. Uh, about it, and so exactly, uh, exactly. So yeah. humans humans have a brain which is amazing, which has billions of different connections within it, and we learn to recognize things just most of the time just by passively observing different examples. So even a child who is um, who hasn't been taught uh, what a horse looks like can recognize. A horse, they may not be able to give it that name, but just by seeing different examples of horses, they can begin to categorize them. And then once they have a name for that group of things, which is a horse, they can start to, 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 na- to name those things. And in exactly the same way, the computer learns these relationships between objects, the shapes of objects, um, and in the case of facial expressions, the texture and, and the shape of the face. And, and we, uh, we learn that over time, and then we give it information about what each of these groups means, and it can incorporate that into its learning. So, it's, uh, I mean, it's, it is inspired by the way that the, the, the human uh, brain learns over time. And so uh, I'm going to present the scenario where the human in question is sitting in an advertising focus group, which is your, your that is, Affectiva's sweet spot in the market and where you're bringing technology to bear. I mean, and then there are fascinating applications in education, but we're going to talk about individuals who are being presented with a new flavor of ice cream or a new product or service and are being asked how they really feel about that. Up until the time of facial action coding recognition technology software systems isn't that a mouthful I guess you had to ask the person well how do you feel about that and then they will give you what they think is relevant at that point exactly so in the past a lot of the research or almost all of the research was based on what people were able to report about their experience and this has several limitations because uh, people can only really report about an experience after it's happened and people may not be able to remember every aspect of how they felt during that experience. So even if someone really wants to share with you how they felt, they may not be able to verbalize that and, and use language to explain it because emotions are very complex. They're associated with many different, um, many different feelings and experiences when someone's sitting in a lab and watching a, an, an ad or a TV show, asking them to explain exactly how it makes them feel can be really hard. And so by using uh, this technology, we can measure people's visceral, spontaneous emotion, emotional reactions to what they're seeing. And, and many people actually 
find that helpful um, because it, it provides not just this cognitive evaluation of how they were feeling, but also this spontaneous, natural measure of how they were communicating that on their face. And so I have uh, heard that some advertisers and businesses are ambivalent. They have their own micro expressions about focus groups. Does this really have, this is kind of a, I shouldn't ask a yes or no question, but here is one. What are the trade-offs and how this is played? Do you think it'll be able to eliminate focus groups? What's the sweet spot here? I, I don't think so. I, this technology is very much complementary to the traditional methods. So asking people how they feel is, is really interesting because it taps into how they process the experience. But you're missing um, something vital, which is that, that visceral response. And so I, I feel that facial coding is, is really something that sits alongside the traditional methods. Okay, well, we're going to continue, if I may interrupt you, Daniel. We are going to continue with engaging with the applications when we come back from a sponsor break. We'll be right back. Success starts here. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. It's your world. We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network wherever you go. In addition to listening live, you can check out information about your favorite talk show hosts, discover new talk show personalities, add shows to your list of favorites, and listen to all our show archives on demand. All from your iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market, and get ready to tune in. The Voice America mobile app, powered by Aircast. Lou Augusta is one of the premier educators and empathy consultants in action in the community today. As the author of three books on empathy and a Ph.D. from the University of Chicago Philosophy Department on Empathy and Interpretation, Lou provides three services. Empathy Consulting and Education, in which he coaches individuals and organizations on how to expand the results they are getting in their life, business, or organization by expanding their empathy. Individual Psychotherapy Services, to help with recovery from trauma or other confronting personal issues, where Lou's commitment is to provide a gracious and generous listening, as providing access to shifting out of resignation into engagement action and accomplishment and delivering the empathy training seminar and workshop for groups where the participants get access to the deep infrastructure of empathy for further details see lou on the web at louagusta.com that is spelled l-o-u-a-g-o-s-t-a or phone 773-203-0269 again louagusta.com or phone 773-203-0269 follow us on twitter for more great ideas at voice america empowerment you are listening to a rumor of empathy to reach Lou Augusta or his guest today, please call in to 1-888-346-9141. 
That's one 346 9141 You may also send an email to a rumor of empathy at gmail.com. Now, back to the program. Hi, this is Lou Augusto. Welcome back to the show. We are in conversation with Daniel McDuff, Principal Scientist, Affectiva Software. Robots want to know how you feel. And we're talking about the technology and before we went to break, the applications, which are the sweet spot in the market for Affectivia around advertising and marketing and related. And one of the things, I'm going to be provocative here because that's my job. If you go to the Affectiva website, it's fascinating. I urge you to check out affectiva.com. There's some amazing stuff out there. Uh, I'm going to give a little, little, uh, there's a, uh, an interview done with Rana, Rana Kalubi, one of the principals, that is to say, one of the founders of Affectiva, and she's being interviewed by NBC, ABC, CBN, major networks, and they say, well, businesses would really love to eliminate focus groups, and maybe your all software can do that. What do you think of that, Daniel? How, how does that play out, and uh, what are the trade-offs? Well, I'm, I mean, I think it, it could, in, in some ways, eliminate them in, in the form that they exist today. What this technology allows us to do is to, to be able to scale the level of emotion measurement that we can do. So uh, using the Internet um, and, and having people opt in uh, to share their experience over the Internet, we can, we can capture many more responses uh, to to a survey or to an experience than we could before, and so facial ex- facial expressions uh, allow people to sort of em- emote uh, their vote to a, a particular piece of content in, in a in a scalable way. Focus groups traditionally require a group of people to be brought to a specific location, and then they they are you know, asked about an experience and and. Really, a lot of that can now be done uh, in the real world, so without inconveniencing people and asking them to come to a specific location, uh, which is foreign to them, which is a maybe a lab or, or some kind of facility, and then and then asking them about an experience. We can measure that response in real time when they're consuming the media in, in a natural setting, and so I think that's. That's the real, the real power of the technology. And, and that's not to say that focus groups don't have any utility now. I, I think there is, um, there is use for them. But I think what's particularly exciting about being able to perform emotion measurements on a much larger scale is that we can use what we learn for many new applications as well. So what we learn at Affectiva about people's reactions to media is actually going to directly extend and apply when we use this technology for understanding people's responses in educational settings or in the clinical medical settings. Uh, so it's, it's things that we can, we can use and leverage to the understanding of emotions on a, on a much deeper level. And so in effect, the, uh, the uh, software system becomes like my co-pilot or my clinical assistant. It doesn't fly the plane, but it provides me with assistance in uh, checking whether what I perceive to be ambivalence, love, hate, anger, fear, is that or gives me a reality check. 
against what exactly. my experience is. Go ahead. Exactly, and I, I think that's where, um, you know, just to come back to uh, one of the questions you had earlier about how this technology could be used and what, what the impact that might have is, a lot of people might um, be wary of emotion sensing technology because they might lose some of their uh, control. But actually, I think this technology is not meant to assume um, the control of people, but it's actually an assistive device. It can allow people to better understand how they express themselves or how other pre people express themselves. The, the technology isn't going to be better than a, a, a human, uh, but it can it can hopefully allow the the things we do in everyday life that involve technology to sort of blend into the background because they can now sense uh, emotional information as well as speech or as well as um, other types of inputs. And so green light on that, green light on that, you know, we are coming up uh, on the end of the program and there are still at least a thousand and one engaging issues to be engaged. I want to take at least a moment, Daniel, and ask, uh, who are you? How did you come to the work you're doing? Uh, I know we were talking a bit offline, and you have a fascinating background. I want to call out a little bit of it. When you were studying at the University of Cambridge, I'm not saying, Daniel, you were socially awkward, but I note in your conversation that you did go out for Cambridge Theatre, the Cambridge Footlights. Tell me, what was that experience? Who, who or what were those guys, and what was that about? I, well, yeah, as an undergrad, I was um, involved in, in, in some of the, the comedy and also in some of the broadcasting at Cambridge University. And uh, actually, that, you know, it's partly uh, why my story led uh, to the Media Lab. Uh, at Cambridge, I, I trained as a more traditional uh, engineer, if you will. But yeah. I wanted to apply uh, the skills I'd learned to, to more social problems. And I was interested in, in media, in broadcasting, uh, in being involved in, in comedy and, and creative arts. And the Media Lab is, is really, in, in my experience, the perfect fusion of those things. You have um, people from all sorts of backgrounds interested in applying uh, applying technology to, to artistic and creative problems. And uh, and I you know I was I was in, yeah involved and excited about a comedy and music and uh, it was a it was a great experience and I, I think that's a really important part of being um, an, an engineer and, and developing new technology is having uh, the ability to be creative and spontaneous. Actually, one of the things I have um, a lot of uh, uh, respect for and I think is a really useful. Uh, skill to learn is, is improvisation, and that's often practiced in, in, in comedy, is learning how to take two abstract ideas and put them together uh, in, in a way that, that works and that way that makes people uh, laugh. And so, yeah, that's, uh, that's all, it's all kind of tied in together, I guess, as well. Well, it, it, you uh, know, it is amazing because... I yeah, no, I'm sorry. Uh, it is amazing. I just wanted to say, for those of our listeners who may not be aware of it, the Cambridge Footlights, the the group, is really a storied association society in a variety of different kinds of comedy. Who who came out of the Cambridge Footlights that our listeners might have heard of? 
Well, it's most most famous probably for uh, the Monty Python uh, group. Uh, so John Cleese uh, was one of the uh, members of the Cambridge Footlights, but also Peter Cook and Dudley Moore uh, back in the 60s who were really uh, some of the, the pioneers of satirical comedy. Yes. Um, more recently, um, there have been uh, broadcasters like Stephen Fry and actors like Rowan Atkinson, uh, and also um, I believe that Claire Danes as well was also a part of the... Isn't that the amazing? And so from the Cambridge Footlight players, I don't know if that's a part of their name, you know, the relationship between laughter and humor and human emotions. I mean, man, human beings are the laughing animal. So it makes perfect sense that you would, so to say, follow the dots from the one to the other. And we are getting towards the back end of the show here. And I want to say, Daniel, uh, Dr. McDuff, uh, because you are, uh, of software, it's really been a delight to engage with you about the work you all are doing at Affectiva. I look forward to hearing more about that. Uh, The human emotions, the emotions are what make us human. And, uh, you know, the emotions are still on a short list of those things that humans enjoy a decisive advantage over automated systems. Still, it's sobering. The way the boundary keeps getting pushed around as humans are occasionally beaten by computing systems in chess, natural language processing in jeopardy, and now challenged, if you will, not really, but in a way, by decoding facial emotions. And in any case, the combination, I think the takeaway, one takeaway for me, and this is Lou Augusta, that human judgment in a software system acting as kind of a co-pilot are better than either separately. You think? think, Yeah, I think that's a great conclusion. Yeah. And, you know, as a uh, token of appreciation, I've got to get your snail mail address because as a token of appreciation, I'm going to send you a complimentary copy of my book, A Rumor of Empathy, encouraging my colleagues to buy retail. And uh, this is a work dripping in scholarship and academic uh, work. And uh, please feel free to talk it up and post liberally about it. But all kidding aside, uh, the commitment, and I think you all are uh, engaged with that, is that uh, empathy and the understanding of emotions, you're not required to endorse empathy, can be uh, in the community less of a rumor and more of an expanded reality in the community where we get one another. Now, uh, next week, I'm going to get in a little plug for the show next week at this time, in addition to profuse thanks and appreciation for uh, to you, Daniel. Uh, next week, I'm going to interview, my special guest is going to be David Howe, H-O-W-E. He's also actually in the United Kingdom. Uh, he is the author of Empathy, What It Is and Why Does It Matter? So I hope, Daniel, you'll tell the colleagues to tune in uh, and... Uh, in the meantime, for questions, comments, I hereby solicit your all feedback on this show, on empathy, on the emotions, on affectiva, on whatever you're dealing with, 
one word, a rumor of empathy at sign gmail.com. So on behalf of uh, myself, Affectiva, Daniel McDuff, Voice America, I am so delighted that you all could tune in this week. Looking forward, we'll be right back here next week. See you then. Thank you for tuning in to A Rumor of Empathy with Lou Augusta. Please join us again next Wednesday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. We hope to see you again next week.